Are you recording now? Branch. 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 Branch out. A podcast from the Royal Botanic Garden, Sydney. Plants are responsible for keeping us alive. So from the very basic aspect of it is, you know, all of our food is derived from plants. So a healthy life is dependent on plants from just from that perspective. One of the problems is finding things. Hey, I'm Vanessa Fuchs. Seedbank curator Graham Arrington has popped up in a few of our other previous episodes, and today he's taking us on a little field trip. We're out in the bush near the Australian Plant Bank, which is about an hour's drive west of Sydney's centre. Scientists such as Graham are tackling their biggest challenge yet, experimenting with new ways to collect and preserve seeds from thousands of plants that are going extinct. So where, where have we just driven to? So this is just the edge of the Cumberland Plain woodland. Graham has spent decades out in the field collecting material to bring back to the Australian Plant Bank, which is home to the biggest collection of seeds in the Southern Hemisphere. Think of it as a doomsday vault, designed to safeguard their future and ours in the event they disappear from the wild. What's that? It looks like, oh, there's some seed pods there. So you can see this is like a little dry capsule and it's split on the end. As the um, fruit starts to mature, the plant extracts moisture from the fruit and it starts to dry out and split. And when that splits, then the seeds expelled from the capsules. Over half of Australia's threatened plants are represented in the Australian Plant Bank, and Graham has been on some pretty incredible seed collecting expeditions. So areas like far western New South Wales, most of the landscape is bare. But if you go out there when there's been a really good rainfall event, it's the complete reverse. All of those plants respond to that rainfall and they pop up and they grow really quickly and the diversity is incredible. You get to see things that you wouldn't get to see. There was a species that we collected in 2010 which has only been seen a handful of times in New South Wales and the year that we went there was good rain and there were hundreds of these plants. It's actually endangered this little pea, but there were hundreds of plants growing in these little drainage lines where the moisture had settled and they were growing, setting seed, we make a big collection of seed and then they disappear and you might not see them again for another 10, 20, 30 years. Starting with the first European explorers in Australia, the Royal Botanic Garden Sydney has been studying and documenting plant life for more than 200 years and scientists such as Graham are continuing this important tradition. Look, it's never dull here. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You, you have a plan for the day and then you come in and somebody rings up and says, oh, I need such and such, or I want you to help me with such and such, and you know, it leads you off on this path. And, and That's the beauty of working for an organisation like ours. We're expected to have this repository of knowledge and people come to us and, and ask. So, yeah, job of a lifetime. But not all seeds are the same. Graham and his colleagues face the challenge of needing to seed bank endangered plants that haven't tolerated being stored in the past. And these plants are from parts of the world crucial to supporting all life on Earth. Rainforests. I mean, they're an iconic 
vegetation. When you mention something to somebody who knows nothing about plants, you mention a rainforest, and most people know what a rainforest is, and they think, oh, that's great, I like rainforests. They are really diverse, hyper-diverse, because they're in high rainfall areas and they're usually in warm climates. Because of the diversity of plants, you've also got a diversity of animals and invertebrates and all those other things that are associated with those communities. Rainforest plants can be a little bit tricky. So some plants don't like to be dried and sometimes they don't like to be frozen. And so we've tended to avoid them in the past, but because of the conservation value and the need to be able to try and protect those plant communities and the species that occur in those communities, we've started this program of going out and collecting those things. I've left Graham to do his thing and continue his important seed collecting work and I'm heading inside the lab of the Australian Plant Bank to meet Dr Karen Somerville. All right, are you recording now? Yes. You are, okay. The whole time. <laughs> Dr Karen Somerville has been working on the Rainforest Conservation Project. This is a project that we started about 10 years ago. We've been doing seed banking for quite a long time, for a couple of decades actually. Originally we started collecting seeds to grow plants, to plant out in the gardens here. And early 2000s we joined up with the Millennium Seed Bank to start a major conservation project and we've been collecting plants from all around New South Wales ever since and putting them in the seed bank, sending half of the collection over to the Millennium Seed Bank in the UK for a, a backup collection. And the seed banking is, is really important. We have so many threats to our plants out in the wild that um, you know, they can easily go extinct. We need a backup collection for them. The first part of the, the seed banking project kind of had to leave rainforest alone because um, to put a seed in the seed bank vault, you need to be able to dry it down till it's got about 5% moisture left. And, um, and then it needs also to be able to tolerate storage in cold temperatures. Um, but they're really difficult to work with. So especially the ones that produce the bigger fruits, it's quite hard to get enough seeds to work with. And whereas you might get a big stand of acacias where you can go and collect hundreds or thousands of seed in the one spot with the rainforest, you might get one tree here, another one a few kilometres down the road, another one a few kilometres away from that. And so it can take you a really long time to accumulate a good enough collection to do the research that's needed to see if it's um, suitable for seed banking. So that's been a major hurdle. These ones, this is the aniseed myrtle. And you can hear that, they're quite a dry fruit. And as Dr Somerville is shaking them, their smell is wafting through the container. And it smells like licorice. These ones have a bit of a problem where they don't often have fruit that actually has a viable seed in it. We touched on the topic of viable seeds in the last episode with Dr Cathy Offord, where we used a simple drop test to compare a good and a bad my pine seed. A more sophisticated way is to use an x-ray machine. Well, it's going to make a few beeps now while it's getting ready. Just as x-rays are used to see what's going inside our bodies, Scientists such as Dr Somerville use x-rays to take a look inside seeds to separate the good ones from the bad ones. You wouldn't think that's an x-ray machine. It looks like a little fridge. I'm just going to put some of the aniseed myrtle on this tray so you can see how the process works. Here we go. Ooh. Here's the x-ray. There we go. Okay, so you can see here, you can see the outside of the fruit and then you can see this white blob in the centre. 
So the white blob is the actual embryo and if it's looking like this with sort of cracks down the middle, it looks like it's all sort of dried out and leathery, then that's no good. If I cut that open, we'll find it's all brown inside. This one here with a nice white blob that looks, looks perfectly smooth, that's a good seed. Okay, we got a good one. Yeah. And that one too? Yeah, possibly? that one looks okay and that one there looks okay. Okay, but most... Most of them look like they've had a hard life. <laughs> well, the ones that get banked here may have a future. <laughs> That's right. Now we're going deeper into the heart of the Australian plant bank. And Dr Somerville says we'll need a jacket. Entering the vault. Where are, where are you taking us? <laughs> so this is where we dry down our seeds. We're rugged up and inside the seed vault now. I feel like I'm in a giant cool room. We bring the seeds in from the wild, we clean them up, we bring them in here and they're dried down and usually around 15% relative humidity so it's quite dry in here, a bit like Adelaide in summer. Or like an airplane. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and quite cold, so um, usually around 15, 16 degrees Celsius. So that stops the seed from ageing so much and the low humidity means that the seed can dry out faster. You want to try and dry it out as quickly as you can so that it doesn't age while it's in the process of drying. I bet when you thought about plant conservation, you never thought about x-rays and freezers, huh? So um, once the seeds have dried down enough, we put them into these foil packets. So um, the packet is vacuum sealed to pull out any extra air and moisture that's, that might be in the packet. And, um, and then we just pop them into the freezer. The freezer, step this way. Very well sealed. You want to come in? Yep, I'm coming in. Oh my goodness. I have to get the door open. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, we won't stay in for too long. So um, most of our more recent collections we, we put in the freezer here and, um, and they, can, they stay in here unless we need to pull them out for research or for germination. How cold is it in here? It's minus 20 degrees. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to stay in here too long. Now that we've thawed out a little, we're heading to my favourite area of the Australian plant bank, the tissue culture room. So this is the tissue culture room. And if we find that the rainforest species can't actually handle being dried well enough to put in the seed bank, then our next option is to get it into tissue culture. And so what we do with that is we'll, we'll take some cuttings off the plant, they get washed really thoroughly and then they get bleached, the leaves are chopped off, we cut them up into tiny little pieces and then we put them into these test tubes that have got a um, high level of sugar in them. And the idea with the sugar is that is it, if they're still not clean, if there's some sort of bacteria or fungal contamination in there, that's going to show up really quickly. So what we're looking at is kind of like these jars and this weird jelly-like substance at the bottom and then you've got bits of plant kind of growing out of it. It, it almost looks like those little terrarium mini-world things yeah. that people have at home. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So once they've been through that process, they're, they're taken out if they survive and they're put onto a nutrient medium, which is basically um, made up with jelly, with agar, and um, that has enough nutrients in it to, to keep the plant going. They don't um, form roots while they're, while they're in here. We adjust the hormones that are in there so that they're just producing shoots rather than roots. And they can stay in there for, say, six weeks to a couple of months, and then we, they'll be 
too tall for the jar and then we take a tip cutting off and we put it into fresh medium. Wow. So that's, that's the first step in the process. The next thing we want to do is to try and get that material into cryopreservation. So we take a tiny portion of the shoot that's grown in tissue culture. Cryopreservation sounds like something from a science fiction movie, right? Well, if you thought minus 20 was cold, things are going to get even more frosty. So this is our cryopreservation room and this is our tank. Can we open it up? We can open it up. Yes. Dr. Somerville has had to put massive blue gloves on and protective eyewear just to open it up. I love this. Ooh. Look at it. Just, it's just so cool. It just looks like weird fog that's thicker and way more fluid. Oozing over the top. So we just put the, the material in boxes and they go straight into these racks and then we pop them in here. How many different species at a time or like are usually in here? I know someone's empty, but... Yeah, well, we're still at the experimental stage with a lot of the things. So we're about to be putting in a lot of the um, rainforest seeds that have turned out to be short-lived in storage. So we're going to be putting the, the whole seeds into here, packaging them up into foil packets, and then they'll go straight into there. They don't need any treatment other than that drying down. The things that we have in tissue culture um, and the uh, material that we're experimenting with where we actually take out um, an embryo from the seed and try and cryopreserve that, that, we're still working on that. So that's going to take a lot more research before we get it right. 85% of Australia's flora is found nowhere else on the planet. So the work of scientists such as Dr Karen Somerville and Graham Errington is crucial. What got you interested in seeds and, well, not just seeds, but, but plant conservation and science in this area? Um, I feel like I'm making a, a major contribution to, you know, improving life on the planet and it's just really satisfying. We rely on plants for so much. It's our source of food. It's our, so even if we're carnivores, it's the source of the food that feeds the carnivores. Um, it's the source of that, the oxygen that we breathe. It maintains the climate. It um, um, stops the soil from eroding. They're just important in so many ways. Thanks for listening to Branch Out. If you want to see the scientists in action for yourself, and check out the seed vault or the tissue culture room, go for a visit to the Australian Plant Bank. That was the last episode in our first five-part series, but because everybody loves branching out, we've planned another five. So thank you to everyone for rating and reviewing the show on your podcast app. Please keep it up. PoppyCheeks55 says, great to know the deeper power of plants. Ronaldo M says, great to hear informative local content. It's grown on me. Clearly a fan of puns. Next episode, you'll hear from two of our superstar botanists, Dr. Trevor Wilson and Dr. Matt Renner, who have just discovered a new species. Also, Science Week is around the corner. So head to the Royal Botanic Garden Sydney website and search for Science Week to check out the amazing events we're hosting across all of our sites in Sydney. So thanks for listening to Branch Out. I'm Vanessa Fuchs, and I produce the show with Miles Martignoni. Hold up.